All right, we'll get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another very special episode of the JTW Sports Show. Um, today, I'm back with Jimmy and TJ, but we also have a very special guest today, uh, Mr. Brad Johnson. He is a two-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl 37 champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, how are you doing today, Brad? Doing great, man. Appreciate you guys reaching out and having me on your show. So, looking forward to being with you guys. Uh, we appreciate you being on. Um, we just wanted to, you know, ask you a couple questions about your, you know, your career as a football player and, you know, just a couple things about your life as well. Um, so just to get started, I was going to say, looking, you know, at your life and how it was, I, I'm not sure if I read this right, but it says that you went to Florida State as a basketball player and not as a football player and then ended up, um, you know, joining the football team. And I was going to ask you, like, how did that happen and, like, why yeah. did you choose basketball over football? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I'm from Black Mountain, North Carolina. Went to Owen High School. Um, basketball was my passion. I played from second grade all the way through my first year of college. Never missed a day, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, any day. I love basketball. Uh, a guy named Roy Williams, he was the high school basketball coach at my school. Then later, my high school coach was a guy named Bill Burroughs, who worked for a guy named Bobby Cremens at Georgia Tech. So Brad Doherty went to my high school. So I lived in every gym youth park that you can imagine. Uh, scored 2,392 points in high school, uh, player of the year in North Carolina. And basketball and football, I was an All-American, but I didn't like football. I loved basketball. And I was a six-foot-five guy. I could shoot it, but couldn't defend anybody. <laughs> and so I took my recruiting trips. I went to I went to Georgia Tech uh, for, for basketball visit. And I was meeting with a guy named Bobby Cremens, the head coach, and I was a big Georgia Tech fan. He said, Brad, you can come here, um, but I only play five guys. And the guy in front of you that I recruited is a guy named Dennis Scott, who actually ended up playing 11 years in the NBA. And so Dennis Scott changed my life, whether he knows or not. So Bobby Crimmins said, you'll sit the bench behind him. And uh, he, but he said, what, what do you think you have most potential? And I said, I got more potential in football. I just haven't worked at it. And because um, I, I thought I could play the college level, but not, not the pro level. So I chose Florida State. Played for great Bobby Bowden. I actually walked on the basketball uh, program at Florida State. Played two years of basketball there. Went to NCAA twice. But I knew in the end, if I was ever going to make it at the next level as far as pro, football I had more potential. There was a guy at that time, a guy named Benny Testaverde. And everybody kind of said, Brad, you got a chance to be like him. That's a new wave of guys being six foot five and those kind of things. That's why actually why I wore the number 14 was because of Benny. Kind of felt like my passion might be football as it went on. Okay. Okay. That's, that's some stuff that I did not know. Actually that's a story right there. Um, do you, do you know, like the point where you decided um, to, that you realized that you would make it like that you had a chance to take it to the next level. Um, as far as you said, you had more potential right. uh, to make it to the NFL as a, football player then you know make it in basketball so do you know when you realize that you had the chance to yeah man um I thought coming out of high school I had more potential but I, I didn't think I was a really very good high school quarterback to be honest with you because I just didn't work at it I didn't know the rhythm three-step five-step didn't know coverages all my passion was basketball and in college I came in there and I remember one time there was a guy named uh, Peter Tom Willis who played four years in the NFL Casey Weldon who 
My, we came in together. He's the runner-up to the Heisman. Charlie Ward, who won the Heisman, had an 11-year NBA career, got him Chris Winkie, who won the Heisman National Championship. I roommate at Florida State was – another guy is Kenny Federer's second-round baseball pick. So it was competitive in our quarterback room. I didn't get to play very much start at Florida State, but I felt like I had potential. Uh, I got benched as a junior in high school. I mean, I'm sorry, at Florida State after six games. They went with Casey Weldon, who ended up being the run-up to the Heisman the next year. We were number one in the country. I thought about quitting. I thought about transferring. I thought about going back and just playing basketball. I thought about going to the supplemental draft. I thought about just being done with it all. But I said, what's my, what, is, what are my goals? Why did I come here? I stuck it out. Only play, I only started one game my senior year because Casey got hurt. And uh, but there's a guy named Jack Burns who was at the University of Louisville that Trent that had recruited me when I was coming out of high school. He drafted me as the 227th pick, 14th quarterback, in 1992 draft. So I got better, kind of went at the end of my college career, especially my pro career. I kind of figured it out and put more of my passion into football than I had done so in basketball. Cool. That's some. I mean, it's a really cool opportunity, obviously, even to make it to the college level. Into the to the NFL too, but uh, so you know, seeing seeing from the internet at least, it says you played in NFL Europe. And I, I just tell you, what was you know what? Why did you choose you know NFL Europe? What was the story behind that? Yep, I'd been with the Minnesota Vikings for three years. At that time, I was a backup. My first year, I was a third string quarterback behind Rich Gannon, who we <laughs> played against each other in the Super Bowl, and Sean Salisbury. My second year, I was the backup to Jim McMahon and uh, Sean Salisbury. The third year, Warren Moon came there. I was a backup to him. I was in the pros in th three years of my league, and I hadn't even got to play one play. And I said, I need to play. I, I said, I'm really good in practice. <laughs> that doesn't get you. That didn't get you paid. That didn't get you any play time. You got to earn playing time. So, because I didn't play much in college, I hadn't played three years in the pros. I was backing up. Uh, the new league came back out, which was the World League. There were six teams: uh, London, Scotland. Uh, Amsterdam, Frankfurt, Dusseldorf, and Berlin. So I went over in the spring, had a four-week training camp in Atlanta in Swanee, Georgia, and then at the Atlanta Falcons facility, and then played in London and loved it. It was, a, it was a chance for me to be the starter, chance to make plays, chance to make mistakes, learn from it, and prove that I could play and lead a team. So um, it was tough. It was tough living, but if you could survive that league, you know, what I mean, a lot of times the careers, they, a lot of guys, they play, but they didn't come back and have careers. But I learned the hard way, came back and earned my time. And Warren Moon got hurt. I, I was prepared. I had that game playing time. And so that was a big reason why I went to, to London to play in the World League for that one year. I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, even like just playing in London is really cool. Uh, my family, actually, believe it or not, uh, on my mom, on my mom's side, they're they're from England, and uh, so I go to London a lot. It's super cool, super super cool place. How was it kind of living there too? It was different. It was different. We were lucky. I mean, honestly, all those countries I met, Bob, uh, four of the six had foreign languages. So <laughs> in England, we I was able to get around. Um, we we lived in a place called Crystal Palace. We played at White Hart Lane. Uh, it was awesome, you know. Um, Hit a few pubs along the way, <laughs> did all that. But I was at the same time, I was there to, I was there to, you know, save my career. It wasn't just, a, you know, just a joy ride. Uh, living conditions were a little, little bit different. And uh, you had to kind of pay, you know, like going to an old dorm is where we lived and uh, nothing was easy. 
And uh, but I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for that experience of just, you know, we'd go around, we'd tour, tour London and did all the sightseeing things on the off, on the off days and stuff. So it's it pretty cool being over there. So based off of looking at your career as a whole, we, we said it earlier, you did win a Super Bowl. Right after winning that, what was like the feeling in like the locker room? What was the feeling as a whole after winning a Super Bowl? Yeah, in 1987, when I was in high school, trying to decide if I was going to play football or basketball. In 1987, a guy named Phil Sims, quarterback for the Giants, played the great John Elway for Denver Broncos, and they won – Phil Sims went 22 for 25 through three touchdowns. And after the games, the first year it came out was I'm going to Disney and the confetti was falling on his face and stuff. So that was like another reason why it was pretty cool. We, next day we said, I'm going to Disney. Well, 16 years later, 2003, uh, we won the Super Bowl. Uh, confetti was falling. Rough 48, 21 game is over. Confetti is falling. Uh, they got the song with, with the, we are the champions, that whole thing. And I hold my son, Max, who's two years old. He's actually quarterback now at LSU. And my wife, Nikki, she's two and a half, she's seven and a half months pregnant with our other son, Jake. And we're saying, <laughs> I'm going to Disney, you know? So it's pretty, pretty cool uh, to do that. Was able to experience a lot of things after the fact. Um, I was on the Jay Leno show. We had big parade in Tampa. Uh, my hometown, Black Mountain, North Carolina, they had a parade for me. Got to meet um, Billy Graham, who lived who lived up there in Montreat, North Carolina. Was able to experience that. So a lot of things came with it. But that team, we had a many many great players. Three or four of them went on to make Hall of Fame. John Lynch is going in this year. Uh, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks. We got two more that might go in with with uh, Ronde Barber and Simeon Rice. And uh, but we had a bunch of bunch of guys that are pro bowlers. But just uh, legends on offense, legends on defense, great coaches. And, pretty awesome to be a part of that to say you were world champion for one day. Yes, sir. Some big names that you just named right there. That's awesome. What, I mean, what was it like playing with those kind of guys? Obviously it's a, I'm, I'm assuming they're, they're big locker room guys, good leaders on and off the field. What's it like with them? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just like, it's just like any locker room. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you got characters, you got, <laughs> you got pranks that are taking place. You got whatever's going on, but at the end of the day, I played against a lot of those guys in college, played against those guys when I was in Minnesota or Washington against a lot, you know, Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and a lot of those guys. And I like, had a great respect for them, but, you know, you know, you want to be a part of something great, you, you got to do the work in practice, training camps, meetings, and then you got to win when it, when it counts. So um, guys that love to battle, guys that love to win, guys that are great friends still to this day, you know what I mean? But they're, some are Hall of Famers, some are Pro Bowlers, some guys you never heard of that were – unbelievable players that just didn't get a lot of credit, but uh, it's pretty, pretty cool to, to be a part of that locker room and to, to achieve it. You know, you sit there and you talk about it, but you got to achieve it. And a lot of people, these, uh, the people that, the people that sometimes played in the Super Bowl, they say, man, it was overrated. The game was, ah, we did but the people that won it, they'll tell you it's one of the best days of their life. So a lot comes with it. And it was a memory that I'll never forget. So, I mean, a lot of your, your career was filled with, you know, incredible highlights. And uh, the one main highlight, I think you probably know where this is going, is uh, the, the touchdown to yourself. You know, you were the first one to do it. Talk me through that. What was that like? It was pretty, pretty neat. Pretty neat play. Uh, we were, I was playing for the Minnesota Vikings, 1997, 1996. No, no, 1997. 
And I think that's right. <laughs> but the play was called Dot Left Spear, Rip Dallas. And basically, it was a stick route by the uh, tight end. The fullback's out in the flat. I dropped back, threw a pass, went on the three-yard line. Ball got batted up. It was third down. I caught it, made a couple of fakes, and then scrambled in, dove into the end zone. And um, when the play happened, I knew you couldn't make a double pass. So if I actually would have got sacked, we still were in field goal range. Uh, if you're out in the middle of the field, you'd knock the ball down. But I knew, had enough awareness to catch it, scramble, make the play. When it happened, we didn't know what it was. And uh, then somebody said, well, it's a touchdown pass. Somebody said, no, it's a touchdown catch. And then and it actually ended up being 12 points in fantasy football when I asked me award that year. It's kind of cool. Uh, haven't happened in a long – first time it ever happened. And Marcus Mariota did it a few years back. It was with the uh, Tennessee Titans against – can't see Chiefs in the playoffs, but uh, pretty cool play. Um, 12 points for fantasy football. So uh, that's the biggest part. Of this. Yeah, pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, I've always I've always wanted to do that as a quarterback myself. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, you played, you won a Super Bowl. Uh, you played a couple more years there. And then at, towards the end of your career, you kind of bounced around um, to a couple different teams. You ended up going back to the Vikings for a season. You signed with. Um, Dallas for um for a little bit I was just gonna say when did you kind of you know you were you came into the league in 1992 you played until 2008 I'm, I believe um right. when did you kind of know it was time to you know finally say all right I'm gonna move into the next phase of my life yep I was 40 years old my son Max he was like 11 or 12 we raced on the beach and he beat me <laughs> I said, I can't be an 11 or 12 year old running. I'm done. Uh, but honestly, my body was done. My body was done. My elbow, my shoulder, I couldn't throw it the way I wanted to throw it. My knees were done. Uh, I might have to have two knee replacements probably here in the next couple of years. I just, I had no more, I had no more juice in my body to give. Um, love playing the game, love everything about it. But when your body can it shuts down, you can't go. When there's no air in the tires. <laughs> you know, no matter how good Dale Earnhardt was and Ricky Rudd and all those guys, you know, Dale Jarrett, you name somebody going around the NASCAR track, but no air in the tires, you can't play anymore. And that's what happened to me. And uh, body just shut down completely right at 40, 41. Stay active today, play a lot of golf, pickleball, shoot basketball, but I can't run like I used to run. And um, body just shut down. That's that's what it told me. Okay. Okay. So so earlier you did say your uh, your son's playing up at LSU, and then your other son is playing high school ball. So what is it like having your son also play college football like you did? Even though it's not your alma mater, but yeah. going into that phase of playing college football. Yeah. With Max, he's a quarterback. He's a left-handed quarterback. I don't know how that happened, but. Uh, I coached him out of the womb and coached him. He's been a quarterback his whole life. And, uh, he loves to throw, loves to play, loves to compete. And so I was able to coach him in youth football, middle school, high school football. And now as a parent in the stands, I'm just eating popcorn. I mean, <laughs> I park out in the parking lot, just like every other fan and parent. Got to get to the stadium, got to find a ticket. Uh, he has tickets, as y'all well know, but it's, you gotta, you gotta, you're sitting in the stands just like everybody else. And you think about all the practices and meetings and conversations that you have with them, but now you just you try to root your kid on and hope for the best for him. I'm still coaching high school ball with my other son, Jake, who's a, he's a tight end, and he'll go to LSU next spring. And uh, so it's really different as a parent 
coaching a quarterback compared to a tight end. Quarterback, your every play kind of counts. As a tight end, you're like you're yelling at the quarterback to throw throw to the tight end and throw to the receiver. So totally different mindset as a parent. But really, all I can do is just support and, and you know support support both my kids now. Assuming uh, Jake's kind of a, a go-to target at at the high school, but uh, you know, speaking of go-to targets, um, coming from a quarterback, obviously you know every team that I've played on, there's been my go-to guy. You know, I got the the luck to play with Josh Downs. He's one of the receivers at North Carolina. Um, he was actually one, on one of our previous episodes, but he was one of my high school you know receivers, and then uh, Craig Rucker was one of my big-time college receivers. Um, it's just a a relief to have these kind of guys on your side to be able to throw to them on any kind of down, know they're open, know they'll catch it. You know, obviously in your career, you had some guys like Chris Carter, Keyshawn Johnson, you know, like what's it, what's it like having, having a guy like that, that you just know any down you can, you can go to. Yeah, and I saw Joshua Downs play a bunch and uh, I didn't realize you're the quarterback, but man, that guy was tough as nails, man. Great. He had tremendous hands, great route runner, have a great career, definitely North Carolina, but, uh, no, you got to have – I mean, it takes I – mean, as you well know, as a quarterback, you, you're only as good as the people around you. And they're only as good as you also. So, it takes it takes trust. It takes ability. It takes talent. It takes repetition. So, I was able to play – I threw Chris Carter and Tim Brown, their 100th touchdown pass. Threw Randy Moss's first touchdown pass. I threw my first touchdown pass. I threw Warren Sapp, his first touchdown pass. Um, but – you know, as a quarterback, you you want the whoever can get open. That's the first, that's your favorite receiver. But some of those guys were tremendous: Joe Jarvis, Kenny McCardell, uh, Jake Reed, um, uh, Terrell Owens, Larry Centers, uh, Jason Witten. So I played with incredible receivers. A lot of them made the Hall of Fame, or some of them will. And uh, so it's pretty cool uh, looking back, saying I got to play with those guys. But uh, Chris Carter had the best hands of anybody ever. Uh, great sideline catches and touchdown and end zone catches. Randy Moss was the best deep threat guy ever. Never played with Jerry uh, Jerry Rice, and he was an unbelievable route runner, all time receiver numbers, and all those kind of things. So they all have different skill talents, but but those are some of the some of the great ones. Of the of the skill talents and of these guys, these incredible Hall of Fame guys you just named, which one was your favorite to throw to? Guy that was open was my favorite, <laughs> but. Good I had a great rapport. I had a great rapport with Kenny McCardell and Joe Jerry Vicious and Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, obviously, Chris Carter and Randy Moss. I mean, they were all great in their own way. So, I mean, those kind of guys, you just give them a chance and something good usually going to happen. Love that answer. The one who's open, that's that's definitely the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, that's that's about all we have for today. Uh, we, you know, we just wanted to have you on, talk talk a little about, about your career and, you know, some things you went through. Is there anything else, you know, maybe you want to tell a little side story or something about your career, so a crazy story that happened? Anything? Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I had so many stories, man. I mean, I played for Bobby Bowden and John Gruden and North Turner and Brian Billick and all those kind of guys. Uh, you know, I actually, I actually got my jaw broken one time. <laughs> I was, I was wearing those green jerseys. Everybody think you're safe as a quarterback wearing a green jersey. I was at Florida State, and I scrambled. wasn't supposed to get touched. I scrambled, got a lot. Eight yard gain. Defensive coach was mad. 
yelled at all his players, and I got hit in the jaw. Was wired wired shut for six weeks, and uh, so not many people know that I went through all that kind of stuff. But listen, I enjoyed the grind. The, I loved the game, the meetings, the work. I had unbelievable guys. Guys are going to make the Hall of Fame this year, uh, next year, last year. I played with a bunch of guys. So just thankful for my career and everything that kind of took place. But injuries were a part of the game. I had every injury and surgery you can imagine. And uh, but it's uh, fun, pretty pretty cool. But I, let me let me leave you this note too. Uh, when I was at Owen High School, I told you basketball was my passion. I actually quit football. My senior year, wasn't going to play. And a guy named Kenny Ford, the head coach, he actually played at Morris Hill, is the head coach at Owen. He taught me back into playing. And uh, so I would just tell people out there listening, don't you know, don't give up on passions, don't give up on dreams. Um, when it's over, it'll be over. Those t- the air will be out of the tires. So don't give up. Just do whatever happens, good, bad. You're going to go through tough injuries, whatever it is, don't give up. And something usually good will happen in the end. Yes, sir. That's a good awesome. message. Very inspirational. So, um, we appreciate you uh, being on with us. And um, hopefully maybe one day we can have you back and just kind of catch up with you and uh, see what's going on. So, TJ, Jimmy, y'all have anything else for today? Yes, sir. Thank you again for coming on and sharing with us about your career and just everything about football that, that you accomplished. Yeah, man. I appreciate y'all reaching out. I know y'all getting started out, so it's going to be great, man. Keep keep burning, the, keep burning the film here. You know what I mean? Keep making it happen. And good things are happening. Y'all enjoy your career too, man, playing ball. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Make, make yes, sir. Thank you. All right, man. All right, man. Thank See you guys. Everybody. You're good. Yes, yeah. sir. All right, good luck this year. Tell Coach Clift and Coach Surratt hello. Sir, absolutely. Yes, sir, we will. All right, man. See you guys. So everybody has to wrap up another great episode here on the JTW Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and watching this incredible interview we just had with, you know, Brad Johnson, Super Bowl winner, uh, quarterback in the NFL. This is a cool episode. Will, TJ, do you have any, any thoughts? If you love the episode, go check out our previous interview that we did with Josh Downs and then also our take on the Julio uh, Jones trade. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment down below on what you thought about the interview. Tell us, tell us who else we should uh, go interview for. Tell, tell us who we should also ask to come on the show. I'm good. I have nothing. Um, well, except, also go check out Will's other YouTube. Yeah, except go to check out my other channel. But other than that, I'm good. Follow all the social medias. Links will be down below to the Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I think that's it, right? Yeah. All yeah. The yeah. Links down below. Also in the description is uh, Wilbur Unlimited, Will's, Will's channel, his personal channel. Uh, thanks, you guys, again for coming and uh, coming on this episode. This is so much fun, uh, and hopefully we have Brad on again sometime. Thanks, guys. Thanks. We look forward to seeing you all soon.